You're listening to Kindling Conversation with Siobhan Hunt, part of Kindling Kids Radio. I think it's fair to say that there are a lot of supports out there for mums-to-be and new mums. But what about new dads? How much information and support is there for them? Given that our expectations of what it means to be a dad today have changed radically since we were kids ourselves, I'm keen to know what's helping dads through this big transition. Grant Linden is a meditation teacher and founder of Busy Dads. It's a website that caters to dads trying to find their way in this brave new world. He also gives birthing classes to dads. Grant, welcome to Kindle and Conversation. Hi, how are you? Good, thank you. Good. Why did you start Busy Dads, the website? Uh, busy, it's a great question because Busy Dads was uh, an actual, it, it arrived naturally and organically out of what was going on in my life. So I was a, a single dad with two boys under five for a couple of years. And before that time, I had this self-management program nailed, you know, and um, you know, meditation and yoga and working out and surfing and eating well and all that stuff that sounds very, um, you know, utopian. <laughs> but of course, you know, it's not always right on point, but, you know, a really good template and blueprint to work from. And then I realized as I became a sole carer that my time just got eaten up really, really quickly. And, you know, and, and this is the case not just for single parents, but also for parents where, you know, the work balance thing can be a little skewed in the other direction. And I, I found myself going a little bit south in the self-management and in turn finding my ability to parent my children, you know, with the values and the ideals that I subscribe to and align myself with becoming more of a challenge. So I thought, okay, there's got to be a way in which that I can still have my cake and eat it too and that my children get the very, very best of me. Um, and in turn, they're far more easy to manage as well. So what I found myself doing is that, you know, I found myself designing workouts that were, you know, it could be done in five minutes or 25 minutes if I had the luxury of time, you know, uh, planning meals, you know, well in advance. A lot of really kind of simple sort of aha stuff, but it's the stuff that when we actually do it, it buys us a lot of time. You know? And I'm interested as well if part of the process of setting up the website gave you connection with other dads because when you're a woman and you've had a child either the hospital or in some part of the process you are given avenues to meet other women who've had babies who are in the same stage of life where they're at I never saw anything like that for my husband he had friends he could connect with but there's something that's um, really supportive about being with someone who's right where you are at the exact same time. Yep, 100%. What was your experience when you had your boys? So when my boys arrived, my story as a dad is I, I felt ridiculously paternal from about 11 or 12 years old, you know, <laughs> yeah. and all of my girlfriends, you know, throughout my kind of early adult years, you know, would always say, you know, to people who I would date or go out with, you know, he's, he's road testing you for being a mother. You know? <laughs> and I actually had a shopping list on a whiteboard in a place in a share house that I was in. And my girlfriend who, um, has also been quite a mentor through parenting and a lot of stuff. And she, she teaches, um, art therapy at Steiner schools and things. And I'd have, you know, like oats, you know, milk da -da -da, and down the bottom and she'd write a child rearing girlfriend. <laughs> you know? So I kind of, my experience with Oscar, who's my 10-year-old, and when he arrived was I, I 
it was all very, very new, but a lot of me felt like I was, you know, hardwired for this thing. You know, my mother was a midwife at King George V and then RPA, and she delivered over 5,000 babies in her career. And we spoke a lot about childbirth and um, we had all the midwifery manuals in our house when I was a kid. Um, all the great stuff and not so great stuff. <laughs> yeah, that, you know? that might be scarring for a child. Exactly. But um, so it was kind of in my blood and, and in my DNA. In saying that, a lot of it was still so very brand new, particularly the intensity of the birthing experience and also the relationship management stuff, which is probably, when I think about it, the most important stuff. I want to get to that, both those things that you spoke about there. But one thing that you said then about feeling like you were hardwired in a way to be a father, it resonates with me because I feel that way about my husband. Like when he turned 40, I said, you know, our daughter was six months. And I said, um, in some ways, I feel like this is his calling. This is what he was born to do. But still, you can have that feeling and be a bit rudderless when you become a parent, right? Like totally. in terms of, of what you do. Did you have people that you could talk to? I did. Yeah, I did. I'm an actor and a voice artist by trade. And at the time, I actually gave up my creative life and I started life as a musician. So I've always had that kind of, you know, very unpredictable life financially and time-wise, you know. And I thought when Oscar came along, I'm going to get a real job. And I had been working quite a lot up until that point. I think I'd been working with the Australian Shakespeare Company. And then... I did a real sales job for 12 months and the guy who I worked for uh, was in a similar stage of life, but just a little bit further down the track. You know, he'd just had two of his own young children. Um, he really saw what I was moving into and he, you know, without making it a thing, he really mentored me through a lot of that time as well and, and supported me incredibly. So I, I'm super grateful for that. So from a functional work-life you know, aspect, I had it there. And Tim Brown, my meditation teacher, who in more recent years put me through teacher training, has been an incredible mentor because he and his wife had three kids under two years and nine months. Wow. So, um, <laughs> and ran a full-time meditation center out of their home. Right. And I was sitting at the feet of my master through all of that time and watched the whole thing be managed, you know, pretty effortlessly. Of course, you know, Kids scream, things happen, you know, there's so many elements of uh, human error and variables that will just turn up in parenting, as we all know. Mm -hmm. Getting ready to leave the house, someone's got a pooey nappy, someone spills, <laughs> yes. you know, Jay's blue all over the brand new carpet, <laughs> you know, all that sort of stuff. But um, being around that and, and some words, some life choice words that Tim imparted with me at one stage was he came from the corporate world and he said... Some of his friends would just say to him, you know, I really envy your life's, life work choices. And he said, I'm never going to make choices in that direction that are going to keep me away from my family. You know, I want to be available for that 100%. And that struck an incredibly true nerve in my body. And I've fortunately, and not everybody can with what they do, been able to create a life where I can be at the assembly you know, I can do the school drop-offs, I can do all that stuff within reason. Sometimes I can't. So on a mentoring level, I had it from a work, working perspective, but also from in my, you know, spiritual 
and man journey world. <laughs> I had really great mentoring there as well. You're listening to Kindling Conversation. I'm speaking with Grant Linden. He's a meditation teacher and founder of the Busy Dads website. We're just talking about what it was like for him to become a dad and the people in his life and the men in his life that helped guide him. Some of the things that you do on your website, and just touching on a few, are um, you have birthing classes and you, um, you're you basically connecting with men who are going into this experience. You mentioned that uh, the actual birth process itself and then relationships with some of the key things you think men struggle with. Mm. The only reason, not the only reason, that's not true. I was going to say the only reason I got an epidural with my first baby, that's not true. I really wanted one by that point, mm-hmm. was that I noticed my husband was crying. And I have completely forgotten both my children's labours in terms of how it felt, mm. but I don't think he ever will. Mm. Is that something that we don't, understand enough about what it's like for men to go through their partner laboring the thing is it's it's like the birth plan itself you know you can't really prepare for how you're going to feel in the room on the day you know or the three in the morning but you can't prepare for things that are going to happen but you can prepare who you're going to be in the room and that's the most important thing you know it's like who's going to turn up today who am I going to be when I'm there on the day that's what we work that's what I work with people a lot on you know, and with birthing for blokes, which is my birthing pro- birth education program for men, um, there's a three phase approach. So the first phase of it is you know looking at the lead up time up until the big day, and that's anywhere from you know we're looking at wanting to get pregnant to we are pregnant, but it's about managing the expectations within the relationship. You know, it's about setting everything up so when the pressure kicks in, it doesn't fall apart. It's like classic systems sort of stuff, but internally. So it's self-management 101. You know, it's meditation. It's it's what you put into your mouth. It's your food and your nutrition. Particularly for men, it's a lot about working out. You know, working out is incredibly, you know, I call it the four pillars. You know, so something internal and settling, meditation. Opening, yoga. Or if yoga is not your thing, maybe some swimming. Or But yoga is ultimate to open up the architecture of the body. Um, what you put in your mouth nutrition and the fourth one is some level of strength work because you know we've seen this massive movement towards crossfit and olympic lifting has come around again massively in the world of personal training you know and and there's a great reason for it we've had this this really interesting shift in polarity between the traditional um, roles of men and women and masculinity and femininity and unfortunately men have been you know wearing the skirt for a little while and and women have had to then of course adjust themselves to sort of play more masculine roles you know and nobody's at fault this is just the way it happened it's generational my father's father was in the trenches in Gallipoli right so when he came home he wasn't really available to show my father how to be a man a lot of those men were retired servicemen or they worked in a, you know, they were very stoic men. You're a girl if you cry, you know, you're weak if you cry, all that kind of stuff. Classically, my father and a lot of guys in, say, the 45 to 35, possibly 30-year-old demographic, you know, weren't really shown how to be men. That's really important, you know, lifting heavy stuff and from releasing endorphins and really solid boost of testosterone that are only available through that kind of work really do put you in your body. And the, the, the difference can be dramatic about how you approach things from a manly, supportive provider role to then if we're not really attending to the body. But all four of those pillars are as important as each other. 
You know, you can kind of get there through just training for a short period of time. Only meditation, short period of time. But all four of those pillars together, you know, you're relatively unstoppable. I'm listening to this and I think it's all sounding fascinating. But what I'm really curious about, and I am going to generalize here, what I'm really curious about is how many men seek out your services. Because I have found just anecdotally amongst Mm. my friends that in some ways women seem to be uh, better at asking for help yep. or more something about how we talk to our girlfriends and having friends identify when we need support. Mm. And I've seen a lot of men struggle with becoming dads, but not actually realizing that they can get help with it. How, how do mm. you, how have you found men come to your services? Are they looking for you or are you putting yourself in front of them? It's a great question. And it's, it's different every time, but, you know, you nailed it too by saying men really aren't great at putting their hand up and asking for help. You know, we're not as a species. If you want to look at, at man as a, as, a, at a, as a unique species, because we are <laughs> a very interesting beast, aren't we? You know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so the thing, the way in which people get in contact with me, generally, it's kind of at the sideline of the football match or it's even in the surf or it's, you know, in the waiting room at a doctor surgery or something like that over the schoolyard at school drop-off. There's that. That's the, it's kind of happens upon that level of connection like that. Or it's, you know, the wife or the, the partner or the girlfriend kind of pushing them in my direction, saying, you know what, you know, John's really not coping and, you know, our relationship's kind of falling apart and, you know, I've given him your number. Sometimes I've made a call if it's the appropriate thing. And once they're there, because sometimes they say, you know, you can't, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. Yep. And a lot of things when people need help, they kind of have to want it themselves. Exactly. What do you find when they're actually there in front of you? Are they curious? That, I wish I could be a fly on the wall for your mm. birthing for blokes class. Mm. Because, mm. Um, mm. Is it the way you speak to them? Is it the anecdotes you use? How do you, do you connect on a particularly masculine level in ways that they may not find in their joint antenatal classes? You mm. know, when you go with your partner and a lot of that's about um, what's going to happen for the woman and that sort of thing. Well, the first level of connection is that, you know, we don't, cover all the stuff that they would have covered in the couple stuff you know I work closely with Nadine Richardson who runs she births and um, traditionally with her you know I've come along on the second day of her course and pulled the men out for secret men's business and we cover the stuff that's not covered in that couple stuff and it's stuff that's very particular to the men everything from guy, some guys just aren't great with bodily fluids yeah <laughs> They're not. Yeah. You know, I don't know if I would be either, you know, to be honest. They're not. And, and you know, a lot of men aren't great with seeing their partner in pain, you know, at what they perceive to be pain for pain's sake, mm-hmm. as opposed to, you know, the body really kind of opening up into a, an experience, birthing a child, you know. And, and even the language that you use can really change um, the way they, the expectations that they have when they're moving to the birthing experience with their partner. But in answer to your question, you know, I just call it how it is. What a woman needs, we need to kind of strap them on and move into the space of being the man, you know, being supportive, you know, playing a very traditional supportive role. And that might mean doing everything. You know, that might mean rolling up the sleeves and pumping the bilge, so to speak. And it might mean shutting up and staying there and just being present, you know, and both are completely valid and being available for... You know, again, talking about self-management, choosing who you're going to be when you walk into the room. You know, yes, there's practical steps that I offer in the the first stage, which is leading up to the day. 
The second stage of birthing for blokes is all about what's going on in the room, right? And the third stage is postpartum. So great, now I've got a baby and there's this massive gear change in my relationship. How the hell do I manage that? You know? And that is a whole other conversation, I think. Exactly. <laughs> Grant, thank you so much for speaking with us today. Mm, it's a great pleasure. Thank you. That's Grant Linden. He's the founder of Busy Dads. And if you'd like more information about his work, head to our website for links. That's kindling.com.au. You've been listening to a Kindling Conversation podcast. We'd like to reach as many parents as possible, and you can help us by giving us a review wherever you downloaded this episode. It means that more people can find us. I'm Siobhan Hunt. See you next time.